Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that reminds you one-eighth of a Snickers is not enough food. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what would you do for one-eighth of a Snickers? Very little. I'm sorry, wait, one-ninth of a Snickers. Almost nothing. (laughs) Almost nothing. But Snickers satisfies. You're not you when you're hungry, and we can make you one-ninth less hungry. (laughs) I always love when we tease the people, here's a small bite of what you could win. Listen, I'm sure that that one-ninth of a Snickers bar that they got before the challenge was heaven on earth. Yeah. Oh, no. There was orgasm noises abound on that one. Yeah. I mean, they might edit those in because product placement, but (laughs) (laughs) that'd be quite the conspiracy theory. No, uh, I, I hate the rewards like these that have one singular food item. It's just sponsorship. It is sponsorship, and that's the entire reason it was there. Yeah. The reward, again, we'll talk about it later, but that was not the reward. Yeah, we're in the episode. Steven, do you have something you want to complain about? <laughs> I want to complain about internet. I'm so mad. Go on. I'm just, uh I have been through the ringer with my internet service. Like I said before, my speed is fine, my bandwidth is a problem. I can attach one device to my internet before it just stops working. I have replaced, now, as of today, I have replaced my router, my modem, and the coax cable leading from the wall to the modem. So that's everything on my part. And different ethernet cords that combine, that connect the things. I've done everything I can. And now... As I'm on the phone with my service, they're like, all right, let's walk through these steps. I'm like, I know, I already did that. I know I already... Okay, fine. Yes, you can restart the modem again, wireless. I don't care. Yes, I... I know! Hell is just having to talk to a robo-service <laughs> for any utility. I taught... Well, yes. Getting to a person was a problem. But Honestly, most of the time, I just continue to say, speak to a representative until the machine gives up. That's fair. <laughs> I don't even try. I talked to two people today. The first person helped me get my second modem hooked up so that would work. And he was great. The second person was awful and would not take my word for anything. So we had to walk through the process. Like, I just don't want you to get it charged for a service call. I'm like, I know, but I need... I've done the steps already. If I, as the consumer, and saying, just give me someone... Take my word for it. Thank God that utility companies, or specifically internet companies, because they're not utility companies, aren't borderline monopolies. They should be. Yeah, no, they should be utility companies. At this point, it is a utility. And they should be regulated like utility companies. Yeah. Hmm. If only there was a point where we could have done that. I I know that I can't blame Reagan specifically for internet problems, because Reagan predates... Consumer internet. Yes. However, <laughs> it's I love 
going to graphs where things start getting bad in the United States, uh-huh. like worker disparity or medical outcomes, like whatever it is, and just putting on the on the dot where Reagan's presidency was, and it's always the time at which the graph starts becoming bad. Yeah, either way, way up or way, way down. Yeah, whatever. where it gets bad for the average person. Yeah. Yep. I can't... I think it was in the, the Trump presidency, but the... Who was the the office of uh, I, I, the the, Re- the big ass Reese's mug guy? I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know the uh, not the not the FTC. Is it, it the FTC? It might have been the FTC. Who regulates internet? I don't know. I can't look it up because my internet's out. <laughs> Let me look it up. FCC. That's that's what it is. The freaking FCC. Yeah. Federal Communications Commission. There you go. It was, I think, Ajit Par was his name? Sounds something right. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. He was so smug about it, too. Mm -hmm. He knew what he was doing was bad, and he was living in it. So far, we haven't really reaped the consequences of net neutrality being repealed, thankfully. Yeah. That one wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Not good, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. as bad as we thought it was going to be. Yet. Well, yeah. (laughs) The thing with net neutrality is now that we can be sneaky about it, or they can be sneaky about it. Yeah. Anyone on the other end can be sneaky about it. Hell, they could be doing it right now. <laughs> this this is actually just a, a long, elaborate bit that I have done to you. Uh, if that's the case, way to commit to the bit. Oh, always. I'm upset that it's going to affect how I watch the Super Bowl, but way to commit to the bit. <laughs> if I can't watch the Super Bowl, neither can you. Uh, all right. Well, I have no emails since the next episode hasn't come out yet. Yeah, we recorded yesterday. Yeah. I think... If you do wish to email, feel free to do that at SurvivorTBT at gmail.com, or you can send us messages at SurvivorTBT on Twitter, or you slash SurvivorTBT on Reddit. We did record yesterday. Yeah. It wasn't a a fever dream. Okay, I don't remember doing it. Jared was a little tipsy. Jared didn't eat enough food and then went out for drinks and then came to record an episode. I'm proud of you. But also, I'm less proud of you because you went to Taco Bell and you did not bring me any Taco Bell. It's such good drunk food. I know it is. Ah. <laughs> okay. Then, I, I got nothing. I could, I could bitch and moan about the internet for days and days and days at this point. Because I'm doing everything I can. The one thing I have not tried, though, is a bumper. That was good. I like that. Thank you. This episode came out on April 18th of 2002. This was kind of an interesting week in the world. Steven, do you remember last episode I said something about a coup d'etat in uh, Venezuela? Uh, Vaguely. There was an attempted coup d'etat of Hugo Chavez on the day that the last Survivor episode aired. Right. The day after that episode... Pedro Carmona becomes interim president of Venezuela during the military coup against Hugo Chavez. Okay. And then the day after that, Venezuela president Hugo Chavez returns to office two days after being ousted and arrested by the country's military. And the day after that... Oh, man. Very short-lived coup, apparently. The other thing was an Air China Boeing 767 flight crashed into a hillside during heavy rain and fog near Busan, South Korea, killing 128. Oh, shit. I remember... This accident, not live at the time, but I, I, it was talked about in a book that I read that was not about airline disasters, but was using it as an analogy, uh, or not an analogy, as a, a, a proof point of 
you know, expert, trusting expertise over computers and these pilots trusted the computers and it ran them into the hillside, oh, even though man. they were like, I think, I don't think this is right. And, or I'm getting that story backwards in years since I read it where they didn't trust the computers and tried to rely on their own expertise. Sure. Either way, it was a disconnect and yeah, no survivors. Planes are scary. Big yikes. Planes are scary, but also are much safer to travel in. And there are f- far fewer accidents than vehicle car travel. Yes. However. <laughs> it does not remove the stigma. I control if I die in a car, kind of. Kind of. There are so many people who are just out doing their own thing. I have more control. You've driven in Chicago. You know how people drive here. It's Aggressively. insane. I am one of the aggressive drivers. Oh, if you drive like the people that I've seen. No, no, the pe- I, I'm not afraid of an aggressive driver. An aggressive driver is predictable. I'm afraid of a bad driver because you don't know what the fuck they're going to do. That's fair. If you want a few old, Sadie Sink, who is the redheaded girl in Stranger Things, was born. Damn. Yeah. Yep. In case you want to feel old for a minute. I mean, Sadie played a child in a show. Yeah. Of course they were an adult when they played a child, but... Eh. <laughs> yeah, that, mean, that would mean now they are 22 years old. Sounds right. You're 21 years old. Yeah. Four Canadian Forces soldiers. That's confusing. Four Canadian Forces soldiers. Because the army name for Canadian military is Canadian, Canadian Forces. Forces. Yeah. <laughs> Four soldiers belonging to the Canadian forces. God, that's a bad name for a military. Okay. Are killed in Afghanistan by friendly fire from two United States Air Force F-16s. Oh, Whoopsie doodles. Oh, shit. The first deaths in a combat zone for Canada since the Korean War. Shit. America. Fuck, fuck yeah. yeah. We fucked up. <laughs> the top five movies. Uh, Ice Age coming in at number five. Oh, okay. It's it, fallen down. It, it hit the dip, finally. Yeah. I mean, it's been out for a while at this point. Like, yeah. a month yeah. or longer. The Sweetest Thing, which I've never heard of, is number four. The Rookies at number three. It's hanging up there. It is. Panic Room at number two. Okay. Also hanging up there. And then Changing Lanes. Have you ever heard of this movie, Steven? No. It's... There are either two... Th- I, I don't know what this is, but there are either two ways I could go with this. It's about... Like a road trip where you're changing lanes in driving, but it's more of a, a play on words with what's happening in the show. Mm-hmm. Or it's about bowling. <laughs> Wrong. Okay. A rush hour fender bender on New York City's crowded FDR drive, under most circumstances, wouldn't set off a chain reaction that could decimate two people's lives. But on this day, at this time, a minor collision will turn two complete strangers into vicious adversaries. Their means of destroying each other might be different, but their goals ultimately will be the same. Each will systematically try to dismantle the other's life in a reckless effort to reclaim something he has lost. Starring Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Affleck. (laughs) So I was kind of on the right lines with the driving, but... Yeah, but it's not a comedy. It's not... (laughs) Not a road trip comedy. No. And it's like a... 60% 60% on Google reviews and a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. So okay. it's higher rate than some of the other stuff. Sure. And maybe most importantly, most importantly of all, of all the things. Okay. We have a new song. All right. <laughs> Top of the Billboards, Foolish by Ashanti. That is one of the most repetitive hook lines I've heard in a pop song in a long time. Yeah, I'm not crazy about 2000s pop music. No. Not really my jam. Oh, big yikes. Cool. Did you have anything else to say about the world in review? <laughs> the world in review for April 18th, 2002? No. All right. 
Let's get into the episode then. Episode eight, jury's out, but the jury's in. This is the first time we see, we add to the, I don't know. Jury's in would have been a bad title too. It would have. There is no right answer here. No. <laughs> it's fine. It got the point across. Yeah, sure. We start the episode with, I don't know how many of these we've had so far, but not as many as current Survivor. We start with a night of the vote shot. Yeah. Where we have reactions about what just happened. I want more of those, to be honest. They're fun. They've done some in these in these first three seasons. Um, I, I don't remember which episode specifically, but to pretty great effect. I know season one had a few of them with like explaining how they got to the vote they got to mm -hmm. the next episode and like the next or that night, which I kind of love. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me before the big reveal. Tell me after it happened and then show me the things that led up to that. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Why did Vesepia tell Rob she was going to vote for him? It's the same <laughs> thing we ragged Lex about for last season. Yeah. Except we didn't see it this time. We just heard about it afterwards. Maybe that's why he was so muted in this tribal council. Because he knew oh, it true. was a done deal. Yeah. If Vesepia flipped, he was screwed. Yeah, that's a good point. And he clearly could not have convinced her. She was like, I'm sorry, I'm sending you home. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, it really shows, in this episode especially, how much everyone just fucking hated Rob. <laughs> People hated the drama, not necessarily Rob. Okay, but they hated the drama he started. Yeah. Oh, no, it was blatantly his fault. I wonder how he grows and adapts to All-Stars, because I still think he is he's smart and he's good at the game. Mm -hmm. So I think he I think he went way too far on the other side of it, but... Yeah, I'm interested to see how he adapts hey, to All-Stars. you play more than once, you have a chance to try different strategies. It's true. So, there you go. And for, like you said, the Mooden tribe is so much better now that Rob is gone. Even Night Of, you're like, that's a, a quick turnaround. Yeah. I mean, even Sean is, like, having a good time. He's farting. Farting. And I hate this fucking montage <laughs> of fucking farting being the reason to... To get, get rid, of, rid of somebody, yeah. It wasn't the farting. They have many other reasons that they want to get rid of Sean. No, I know. But I, the, they do frame it like, hey, the guy's gassy. Get rid of him. And I'm going to put my Jared was wrong flag here now. <laughs> or not wrong. I was nervous for the first half of this episode. I was like, oh, cool. So we have our, our boot order set. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to go through it. Uh -huh. Now that Rob's gone, like, sure, Sean's going to try to shake it up, but nobody's going to go with him. And so it's going to go Sean, Vesepia, and then probably Pascal, Nalia, or Nalia, Pascal. Or sorry, Kathy being being after Vesepia, or maybe even before Vesepia. <laughs> and that is not what happens, but I was like, I was definitely nervous about that. I mean, with what you've seen so far, there's no reason to believe that that's not the case. Yep. It's, we've established the power <clears throat> dynamic, and especially, I think the way this challenge happened, and I don't know that that was on purpose, but the way that this challenge We're happened into that. was the perfect time for this to happen. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, so let's leave that for a hot second. We also got Vesepia's fighting game character select line. Uh, she says something goes, praise God. Praise God. Pra praise Jeebus. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pascal... Well, just, I don't know, he was uncomfortable, something was happening, he, he, he goes and he has a moment by himself by the fire, and while this is happening in a live shot, 
trees start falling over behind him, possibly almost injuring people. Had it gone a different direction, yeah, people could have been seriously hurt. But they weren't, so it just makes good TV, I guess. You just move on. Yeah. It almost looked like he was crying. Yeah. He was, he was like, curled up, and he put the thing over his face. I, I think he said he was missing... Well, I think that was also for light, because he was right next to the fire. Yeah. But I think he just said he was, like, missing his wife and daughter. Yeah, the whole framing of this shot didn't make any sense until the, fr- the tree fell over. He was like, we're hanging on him for a really long time yeah, for then... seemingly no reason. <laughs> Uh, oh, there it is. There's the reason. We got it. <laughs> and so, yeah, everyone wakes up and they're like, oh, we almost had a big problem, didn't we? You're right. Yep. <laughs> yes, they did. And then we go on with our day. Kathy and Zoe are talking. This conversation makes no fucking sense. Go, go on. Tell me more. Okay. So, from Ka- I'm sure Kathy's the one who, who instigated the conversation. Yeah, of course. So, Kathy's just trying to, like, make her feel guilty or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can understand that objective. The problem is, Kathy, you were there when Boston Rob and Zoe had their blow-up, and Zoe knows you were there. You were part of the conversation against your will. You walked away. You walked away. And then Zoe ends up with one vote on her. Hmm. Hmm. Wonder who the vote could have been. Hmm. Hmm. Like, it probably wasn't Boston Rob when, uh, I don't remember who else got the votes besides, it was... It was two Johns and one yeah, Zoe. You fucking know that Boston Rob voted for John. Everyone knows that. Yeah. So, like... Who else could have voted for Zoe? I wonder. It makes no sense. Who else would be so out of the loop that you would throw a vote on someone that it doesn't matter and you have personal beef with? I could, it could be anyone. It could be anyone. It could have been Jeff. Jeff could have written that vote. <gasps> Damn it, Jeff. You, f- you fucking game changer, you. <laughs> I wonder if people start recognizing each other's handwritings. You have to. Well, yeah. I mean, not. they don't do a lot of writing in the show, but... They also don't like sign it i would say some yes the the distinct ones yes absolutely oh beautiful and so yeah kathy is reading this whole thing for filth she's like putting pressure and saying you know what we're gonna be friends we're gonna get out the uh, the non-original row two tribe and then after that we're we'll decide what we want to do with each other yeah, and I think that was the point at which I was a little nervous because, like, oh, cool. So we're doing the original Mara Amu's go home, and then Kathy goes home, just like I would have expected on, like, episode two. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and we go play in the waterfall for a little bit, and then... Yeah, the water the waterfall is the new mud volcano. It is, but a little nicer to be around. Uh, 1,000%. <laughs> Nobody's getting horrible diseases from the waterfall. <laughs> probably. Pro- yeah, probably. <laughs> And then we get a reward challenge. We what? get our weapon challenge of the season. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I, I'm joking, but like it is set up like the weapons challenge. Yeah. So we're delivered a bunch of supplies, and everyone is told to build a kite. This may be one of the stupidest challenges I have seen in a long time. It's pretty dumb. This is a, a child's game. This feels like something they had to whip up. Because of the last minute change in location. Possibly, yeah. This is coming at the point in the season and with the format of the weapons challenge. Feels like they probably had a weapons challenge for the Jordanian desert that no longer worked. And they did not have time to switch it out. It's the scimitar challenge. (laughs) Just hack at each other with scimitars. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it, it feels wild and 
it's set up a little bit by the windy day and things being blown over. And I'm sure they took that opportunity and like, this is the time to do it. But it's so dumb. Or they showed us the windy day and everything getting blown over because they were going to do the kite challenge. Fair. I mean, fair. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, it's dumb. It's it's real dumb. So we, go, we all go to the beach. Everyone builds their kite. Nalia has extra fabric, so she builds a, a full-on outfit out Good of for her. fabric. Impressive to yeah. do that out of, all, like, with no supplies, no tools. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, they probably had tools to bake the kites. Maybe scissors. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they had to have scissors to mm-hmm. build those kites. They got, like, a kit. Yeah. With a few things in it. But it's, I can't get over how dumb it is. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I wanted to point out, uh, before I forget... It is really cool that the last two remaining members of Mara Amu are the two people of color that were on that tribe. Yeah. And Sean ain't going nowhere. Not without a fight. <laughs> Isn't that interesting how that happens? Yeah. In previous seasons, we see the people of color almost being the first votes. Yeah. Not always, but at least in the first half. But here's the thing. Boston Rob is the only reason that they weren't. At least for Sean. Mm-hmm. The fact that he rallied the outcasts, quote-unquote... Of himself, Sean, Vesepia, and... Sarah. Sarah. We I forgot Sarah existed. <laughs> Straight up forgot Sarah existed. Uh, yeah, because if, if Hunter had stayed in charge of that tribe, it would have gone some combination of Boston Rob, Sean, and Sarah. And considering how many challenges they lost, probably after that, Vesepia. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> Super fascinating. So yeah, we're, we're doing the kite challenge... Jeff's like, hey, you get a Snickers if you win, but also you get to go scuba diving. Question. Yeah. Gabby's a trained diver. Yeah. Nobody else is. No. And you need training to go scuba diving. Correct. What the fuck? (laughs) Did they, I don't know, is this before they established that as a, a rule? Or were they in like an area that they deemed safe for novices to scuba dive maybe it's under a certain depth maybe or maybe it's like with with like a certain experts or something they did have the experts there with kathy spoiler kathy wins the the challenge kathy is practically the only one to get the kite off the ground yeah we watch (laughs) not particularly close we watch nine people run around try to get (laughs) this kite to fly and it's so dumb it's like watching children and Nalia gets a little bit, it's like flying almost horizontal yeah. to the point where you're like, that's not going to lift. There's no way. And Kathy is is the only one who's like, boom, it's up. I'm letting it out. Anyone else? Nope, just me. Okay. Nope. All right. It's also minor nitpick, but Jeff is like, how you know you're going to get 300 feet in the air by the purple flag. It's not going to be 300 feet in the air, Jeff. It's going to be 300 feet from where you're standing. Correct. If you can send it, you can send it. 150 feet in the air and you know however far away from you that would complete that triangle i'm not gonna do the fucking pythagorean theorem right here but closest distance between two points is a straight line baby yeah like you're gonna end up with it's not going vertical exactly yeah no kite is flying absolutely vertical minor nitpick but makes sense to me dumb challenge so i want to nitpick it dumb challenge dumb rules yep so yeah kathy wins a king size snickers (laughs) And uh, scuba diving that yes. she is trained for. Also, Jeff says that the Snickers is cooled. Snickers are worse cooled. That's a that's a bad decision. Okay. 
What? Room temperature Snickers. Sure. Also, everyone's covered in sweat all of the time, so mm-hmm. maybe it's just like, hey, it's not melted. <laughs> like, that's what he means when it's like, we've chilled it. I almost feel like you have to in a tropical climate. Probably. Because it, it might just melt being in the packaging, depending yeah. on how hot it is. And the humidity. Yeah. Side note, what non-cold snack do you find better cold or frozen? Oh, that's interesting. I have two examples in my brain that I'm I'm interested in. One, Pop-Tarts are not... They had a a long time where they're like, do it frozen. Yeah. I tried it. You're a fool. They're terrible. It's fine. Go-Gurts, and I don't even know if they exist anymore. I think they do because I remember stocking them in 2020. Go-Gurts frozen. Mm, Beautiful. Why were you stocking them in 2020? I was working in the produce section of a Target. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I, st- st- okay, stalking them, not stalking them. <laughs> Correct. S-T-O-C-K-I-N-G. I heard stalking. I was like, why were you follow- like following them that I closely? I was hanging outside of Gogurt headquarters. <laughs> Gogurt has a restraining order against Steven. <laughs> New podcast lore. There's the meme. <laughs> the meme <laughs> that was going to be very... The uh, meme doesn't have to be survivor related. It could be true. us related. That's true. I'm just going to Photoshop you on a go-gurt <laughs> no so i know i predicted that tammy was going to win and i'm not gonna change my prediction okay but man first of all would i look like the biggest idiot in the first couple of episodes of this podcast if kathy wins and man would i love it if kathy wins oh uh, wouldn't it be fun though if my my dream final two with the people that are left sure are sean and kathy Ooh, interesting i love it yeah let us save that for later. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I I I wrote down here. I was like, if someone that wasn't Kathy won this, how would this have worked? I don't know. I don't know at all. Yeah. So yeah, Kathy dominates. No one even comes close. And then we watch as Kathy takes a brutal boat ride out into the ocean. Like it, I mean, the wind is kicking up the waves and kicking up the swell. To the point where this isn't a speedboat. This is a essentially raft with a motor on it. Yeah. And they are hitting every single swell as they go. I've been on those. It is not fun. No. It hurts your body to like be in the air and come down on top of the swell. No. Hate it. Why not just reschedule? No. <laughs> We've seen... Well, okay, I guess you can't reschedule too far, because what if Kathy goes home? <laughs> but... It's a high possibility at this point. It is, it's true. We've seen them do, like, here's... You know, you won the reward, we'll pick you up tomorrow. Like, just do tomorrow! It's true, we've seen them do that. You, you... This is a horrible day for this. Whatever. Interesting that we have Aussie snorkel guides. I mean, it makes sense because of where they are. Yeah. But they could have also been New Zealand... I don't know. Sure. Doesn't matter. Same dialect region. Yeah. And yeah, they go out. They show some nice clips of that happening. Kathy has a very healthy respect for the sea. Yeah. So do I. We're not (laughs) supposed to be there. It's not for us. Jared, I lived not in the sea. On top (laughs) of the sea for like three and a half years. You're a fucking idiot. I mean, yes. But I don't see how the two are connected. The ocean is scary. (laughs) It's scary. It's so scary. Primordial beings exist there that we know nothing of. I've said it in a previous episode. We know more about the moon and space than we do the bottom of our own goddamn ocean. That's where the Kraken lives. That's all I need to know. 
I don't like it. <laughs> it's, uh, no. Is the water there to protect them or to protect us? Oh. <laughs> While this is happening, back at camp, everyone's trying to swing favor around. Specifically, Sean's trying to swing favor around. And he's doing it in an interesting way. Sean goes to Kathy, because that might be his best in. Kathy feels on the outs. Yeah. And Sean's like, hey, you look, like, you know that they're lying to you. Let's try to set ourselves up in the best possible manner. Like, if we just go with what they want, those four are going to run the table. Sean is better at Survivor at this point than Boston Rob. Tell me more. Because I have a thought about it, but I want to hear what you say. This is what Boston Rob failed to do. Boston Rob, and I complimented him for it when he was on Mara Amu with the Hunter blind side, mm-hmm. is very good at being at getting people together and getting them on the same page. But he does it very Godfather where it's like, well, you know, this is what we can do, but it's up to you. It's your idea. And also making people feel like they are the ones that originated that idea and maybe Boston Rob is not in it with them or whatever he's he's a very subtle manipulator sure until he's not and then he's yelling at people (laughs) but the last vote was a mess between him and john he didn't rally his people at all he lost vesepia Mm -hmm. he got like kathy threw a vote away and now sean is coming to them level-headed even though they've tried to give him a little bit of the angry black man edit and being like hey we're not here to play their game. Yeah. You are an individual with your own agency. The thing I've been saying for four seasons, <laughs> that somebody needs to wake people up on the bottom, that they don't have to be on the bottom. You don't have to. You don't. There's a queer number divide. You don't have to sit on the bottom here. Yeah. This is your chance and your only chance. Do something about it. And one interesting thing is uh, he keeps saying that John and Tammy, like we're not there just let John and Tammy go to the final two. And that they're running this game. And I was like, we have not seen anything of Tammy running this game. Yeah, maybe they're uh, hiding Tammy a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because my prediction is correct and she wins or gets, you know, or gets pretty far. The world will never know. Well, no, the world knows and I will know eventually. (laughs) Or if it's because John goes home sooner or if it's gender bias, who knows? Or a mixture of those things. Could be all of the above. Yeah. So... The thought I have about this is how Sean plays this really well is he could have gone from Kathy and Kathy doesn't like Kathy is buying into the idea, but Mm -hmm. isn't completely like, yes, we're going to do that. Yeah. Sean could have then immediately gone and campaigned to everyone who is not part of that four. Yeah. But Sean shows restraint. Yep. Which Boston Rob does not. That man has no restraint. (laughs) He has no chill. Sean lets it develop. Sean lets Kathy do Kathy things and talk it over with Pascal and Nalia and he's t- the the in with Vesepia. Mm-hmm. But still, he kind of lets it play out instead of trying to manhandle the whole thing. Yeah. And that's mm, beautiful. Some power sharing. Great. It's beautiful. <laughs> All the while, th- this happens, Kathy goes to Nalia and Pascal and Nalia's like, oh my god. Kathy's making too many waves. Yeah. Kathy is pushing this too hard. I can't be a part of this. Like, we need to just, like, Kathy, if you keep doing this, you're going to be voted out. Yeah. Dumb. (laughs) Dumb. So dumb. 
But again, framing. Oh, Fra- yeah. Framing is so good in this. The framing is perfect, because then she goes to Pascal, and Pascal's like, no, I'm not aligning myself with Sean. No, I want Sean gone. Sean would be an embarrassment in the final two, is what he says. That made me so uncomfortable. Why? Why would Sean be an embarrassment in the final two, Stephen? Well, I mean, I, I know why you're saying it, but <laughs> it just... I don't think that's... I don't think that's Pascal's purposeful bias. No. But he's a small town judge from the south and thinks that a black man being in the final two would be an embarrassment just a small town judge living in makes me highly uncomfortable (laughs) so yeah pascal gives john his word that he's not gonna vote john out or that he's aligned with the four yeah interesting interesting Oh, also, Kathy brings back the Snickers. She didn't eat it while she was on her way out. Yeah, fine. I mean, I would not want to try to eat a Snickers as it's bouncing <laughs> into my forehead. Woman dies by frozen Snickers while taking a boat ride. Anyway, she brings it back, and John's like, an eighth of a Snickers isn't going to change my vote. Mm-hmm. And I, at this point, I wrote down, is John going to push people away? And I forgot I wrote that down. Mm. Yeah. Stephen taps his chin mm-hmm. maniacally. And... and Again, the framing of this. Yeah. John has a a Lex-esque confessional mm-hmm. where I wrote down exactly, Nalia and Pascal are supporting my success. Yeah. That's about as much as you needed to hear. Yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> Basically being like, ah, they, they're, my, they're my people. They're so happy to sit by and lose so that I can win. Yeah. They're going to help me get to final two. Well, they're going to help me get to six, and then I'm going to cut them, and then they're going to help me get to four, and then I'm going to win this game. Yeah. That's what he thinks. Yeah. And as we get into the challenge, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about this challenge in depth. So, when they showed this challenge, I let out an audible sigh. Because? Because I was like, oh, so we're just, this is just the vote. (laughs) Like, basically, this is a vote. This A a non-blind vote. If someone was on the outs, if someone is clearly the next person in line to be voted out, this is the worst possible challenge you could have. Yeah. And someone is on... So at this point, I think someone is on the outs. Because Pascal doesn't say, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to work with Sean. That's the strongest language we have seen somebody give somebody in a long time. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Rob or John says I'm not the other one that was harsher, but like those two are big, loud people. Mm -hmm. Pascal doesn't make a lot of really harsh statements. Right. And so to say that somebody is an embarrassment, I don't think there's a chance in hell he's going to get swayed. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, cool. So this is just the goodbye Sean challenge. Yeah. So this challenge is a trivia challenge, kind of. It's very similar to the weapons challenges that we've seen in the past where people have multiple, we'll call them lives. They have three ropes where if you answer a question correctly, you get to cut someone's rope. That's it. That's the challenge. Yeah, I, I don't like this challenge. I like what it ends up doing. I think what it needed to be a better challenge Mm -hmm. in a vacuum is if you get the trivia question right, you cut somebody's rope and your rope can't be cut. Fair. So that way there's an incentive to people that are going to get yanked up on. Yeah. To keep answering questions right. If you continue to do well, there is a skill-based portion to this challenge. It's not just 
all right, the numbers are going to have it. Because you're right, it's number of lives, but, like, if you think back to the weapons challenges, like, those weren't guaranteed. Like, Correct. you can aim for somebody's, but it, you actually have to hit it. There is an element of skill involved. Whereas, like, Sean did not miss a single question, and he was out first. Yeah. So, mm, brutal. Anyway, we, we start the challenge. <laughs> There's a couple of interesting questions in this. One about coconut milk helping dehydration. It does not. It's a laxative. Whoops, I would be dead. <laughs> I thought it would help for sure. I mean, obviously, if, if you're like, I'm dying, I'm, I need fluids, you're gonna go to the thing that you're like, okay, this is fluid inside of it, I'm gonna drink that. This is large quantities of coconut milk. Yeah. If you're on the, the edge of dehydration, having some coconut milk isn't gonna kill you. No. It may actually help you. But... Doing that in just like that's your only source? No, that's bad. And so we get on a roll. Sean, Tammy, and Igor all get that question right. And we establish very early on how this is going to go. Yeah. Sean gets to cut first. He cuts John. And then Tammy and Igor go after Sean. Yep. So Sean is down to one after a single round. Yep. And you're like, hmm, well, this is playing out how I thought it would. Yep. And we ask about cannibalism, and it was to seize the power of the person that you're eating. Which, once again, cannibalism, seen, I looked it up in more depth, mm -hmm. seems to have really only been on one island in the Marquesas. Sure. And was pretty much done by the 20th century. Yeah. I don't know why this is such a sticking point for the show, but alright. Yeah. So then, immediately, John cuts down Sean, blows a kiss to Sean. Sean then grabs it out of the air and slaps it on his ass. Beautiful. Beautiful. Love this moment. And then here's where the group of four made a huge mistake. Yeah. They immediately, because they have more votes in this round, they immediately take those votes and go after Vesepia. Yep. Who played nicely with you last time. Yeah. So <laughs> you are going, yes, you're going after the two non-original Rotus and trying to make everyone happy. But if you spread out the votes, it doesn't look like you're just establishing a pecking order. Yep. However, they're very clearly establishing a pecking order here. They go Vesepia, they go Pascal, they go Nalia. And Nalia hangs on a little bit longer and I think actually gets out either Zoe or someone. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But they're establishing this pecking order. And everyone is seeing it. And they're being really arrogant about it. Yeah. And that is something, you know, in the Slingshot Challenge in Season 2, and the, I don't remember if it was a Slingshot, or whatever it was to break the pots. Oh, like the throwing the wooden things to break the pots in Season 3. Yes, they were done in the pecking order, kind of. But at that point, they were much smaller yeah. tribes. Like, your pecking order was like a final four and then like maybe two people, I think, in Africa. There wasn't really anything you could do about it if the pecking order is established. Yes. So, that's fine. But your pecking order, you are not a majority. And you are now cockily setting up a pecking order. Yeah. Yikes. Big yikes. Imagine being so arrogant and being so bad at reading the room that you flip Pascal to work with somebody he thinks would be an embarrassment to make it farther and in the And if game. it was only one person, I'd be like, yeah, whatever, they made a bad mistake. But it is four people. All of them. Not a single one of them was like, hey, maybe this isn't good. Maybe I should, like, take the time to go chop one of my own members just to, like, 
add some competitive spirit to this. Yeah. Nope, not a one. They thought it was in the bag. Couple highlights from this. One, Sean, as Vesepia is getting cut down, is calling on Johnny Cochran to come take a look at this situation. Hilarious. <laughs> so funny. He, I, he's great. Sean is great. Two, the question, in the Marquesas, what is a horse? That is a great question. Fucking great. Holy shit. I was like, if this answers anything other than a horse, it's just a horse. I'm going to be mad. It's so funny. And it was. It was just, hey, the Spanish brought over horses in whatever time period. So it's just horses. Yep. And everyone's like, that was so dumb. Everyone got it right except for one. I think it was uh, either Zoe or Tammy got yeah. it wrong. It was so funny, though. I love it. So yeah, they go around and they they do their best. And who wins this? Tammy wins. Yeah. Tammy wins over Igor. Tammy and Igor are the final two. One has to get a question right and the other has to get it wrong. Okay, quick question. Mm-hmm. Are Sean and John friends? Because, like, they have this enemy thing, but then they are also, like, in tribal final tribal council are talking about, like, at this point it's like they fucking hate each other. Mm-hmm. But then Sean talks about how, like, it's respect. Like, that there's, like, you know, like, a gamesmanship and a respect to it. And so does John... And, like, with his vote, like, Sean says, I'll see you in New York or whatever. Or, we're, no, we're going to go out for some chicken and waffles or something. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, I have I cannot tell if they are friends or enemies or frenemies. <laughs> I think it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. In that they, resp- they do respect each other. They had hard conversations. But it's a game. But then they- Sean, when the coconuts barely miss John, Sean's like... Ah, a little to the right there, buddy. Yeah. Hit hit my coconuts and die. If you kill him, you kill him. So (laughs) what? Their dynamic is just interesting. It is very interesting and a little confusing for a game show at this time of the year. er, Yeah. This time period. Mm Mm-hmm. So then everyone goes back to camp and the wheels are spinning. (laughs) Everyone who is not in that four is slowly realizing, oh shit, I know what the pecking order is. It was made very, very clear and we have, there was a, there's a lot of parallels between Elizabeth and Kentucky Joe in season two mm-hmm. and Nalia and Pascal in this season. Mm-hmm. And one of which is the younger woman, either Elizabeth or Nalia, depending on which season, talking the older guy into like playing the game, basically. <laughs> yeah. And he do- he talks about it later in the tribal council though, like, hey, I haven't been playing this game. I just started playing today. Today is the day that I start. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, hey, dude, you might want to <laughs> want to think that one over. Could have played that game much earlier. Vesepi is upset at the cockiness. John takes satisfaction from getting Sean out and hopes it's an omen. Yeah, it's not. It's not. And Nolia is really the the call to his senses for Pascal. Yeah. Because Nolia is sitting there like, I get it. You don't like Sean. However, if we don't do something, we're not going to make it past five. Yeah. Nolia's like, I've worked too hard to come in fifth place. Yeah. We need to do something about this. And thank God that Nolia is here. Because if not, I don't think Pascal would have done <laughs> fucking anything. Nope. So then Tribal happens. Tribal, I mean, there's some good conversation here. They talk about how things were made apparent at the challenge. They talk about the kiss that John blows. Yeah. I mean, it's no hard feelings. It's just two people with respect to each other playing yeah. around. 
Pascal talks about how he's playing today. <laughs> From now on, I'm playing. I've been coming up short before, but now, now's the time. Better late than never, I guess. And Sean, a nice comment about how I haven't lied to anyone, and I'm proud of how I played this game. Yeah. He's right. Yep. He hasn't, like, he's not trying to manipulate anyone. Nope. Rob was doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> he's being upfront and honest with people. He's and just been on the winning side of every confrontation where his where he's been in jeopardy. Yeah. Against Hunter. Yeah. Like, like he lost the Boston Rob one, but he wasn't personally in danger there. He's he's awesome. I will also say, in defense of Pascal, he hasn't had to play the game until now. Right. He's row 2, when he was on Row 2, did not have a single vote. And then in Mara Amu, like, he didn't need to do anything. Like, Sarah was going home. Sarah needed to go home. And then even the Gina vote, I, that wasn't, I think, a strategy decision as much as it was a personal one. And a very hard personal one about which one should stay. But again, he wasn't in any danger. And he wasn't in any danger. No, he could like sit and take the time and be like, I don't know, which one do I like better? Yeah, exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't a, there was no strategy decision. From his point of view at that point in the game, Kathy and Gina were interchangeable in terms of strategy. This is Gina. This is Kathy. <gasps> They're the same. <laughs> I've never seen them in the same place at the same time. Whoa, I have. It's called Survivor. Oh, wait, yeah, that's right. Shit. We then go into the vote and... I feel like this is the most telling thing of all, is they showed, like, three of the four's votes back to back to back. Yeah. They're like, all right, it's Sean. It's Sean. It's Sean. Like, oh, cool, it's John. But then again, last season, they showed us Brandon's vote, and he was the linchpin just to change expectations, so. Just, yeah, that's true. And then the most beautiful, I love this so much. They didn't have to show this, but they, they did, and it was great. Sean holds up his vote and says, checkmate, bruh. Always bet on black. I love it. When you're in Vegas, bet on black. Yeah. It was so good. It's a great line. I I just love his attitude. Everything about Sean, like, I, I, he hasn't had to lie to anyone yet, or like, so maybe he won't be good at that. I don't know. I really like the way Sean's playing the game. I don't think he's going to win. I'd love it if he did. Mm. I think he's rubbed too many people the wrong way. Sure. And, you know, there's a stigma against being a loud black man. But I... I love it. That, like... And I knew at that moment, I was like, okay. Like, John's going home. Like, if you're saying checkmate, that means you talk to Pascal yeah. and Nalia. For you, sure. You don't show that if it's uh, everyone voting against Sean. Yeah. Checkmate, bruh. Oh, I'm voted out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that would be kind of funny. So yeah, John, by a vote of what I'm assuming is five to four. Y yes, yeah. They don't show, I, I don't know why they did it. I don't know if like Jeff just grabbed out of order, but they don't show it as a getting to all the votes. Yeah. There's one vote that we don't see. One of Sean's votes. But we know what it was. We know what it was, but weird that they phrased, like they took a little suspense out of that. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so, so John's voted out. John's so bitter. John's bitter, but I do like the confessional. Oh, no, no, yeah. No, I'm talking about before the confessional. Like, oh, yeah. He is pissed when he leaves. I would be too. Oh, yeah. But he fucked around and he found out. That he did. Like, you cannot... I, I say, you know, you cannot be this authoritarian and win. Although we saw that Lex would have. 
So, going off of what John has seen up to this point, I guess maybe you can. Yeah. That being said, yeah, I get it. And that, con- that confessional actually kind of broke my heart. It is very sad. John, John sits at the camera. He's like, <laughs> well, first, it doesn't break your heart. It's like, oh, God, John, stop it. He said, my abs are incredible. <laughs> like, okay, I'm done with this. And he's like, I'm sorry, Mom. I won't be able to retire. And cries. And then starts crying. <laughs> Yeah. It's so sad. No, but I, I'm, I'm proud of myself and all that I've accomplished here. Yeah. All while crying, like very visibly crying. You're like, oh man, you've expressed emotion on national television as a man. Yeah. You've, you've already won. I'm, I'm sorry that you don't get the money, but you've, you've won and you've accomplished so much here. Yeah. Ugh. Just, I just want to take a moment on that. Yeah, it was, it was it was lovely. How do you think he does on a future season of Survivor? I actually think he could do pretty well. Mm. He was a little too arrogant and a little too authoritarian this season. He tasted power and wanted to continue to taste power. He was not the top of his drive at the beginning and found power along the way. Yeah. And like I said, talk like if he changed nothing, probably pretty bad. But... With his evidence so far, uh, the most recent being Lex, who the only reason he didn't win was because he lost the final three challenge. Yeah. And would have won. The darn diarrhea is going to get you. Darn diarrhea. Drank too much coconut milk. <laughs> I I think he would, I think he could do pretty well in, in whatever season he's in. I think his biggest problem was having Sean and Boston Rob on this season because they egged him up and got him going and agitated him and showed an ugly side of him yeah if you gave john five seasons or like if you played out a season of his five times in a row i think he makes final four like four of those five seasons oh dang or three of those five seasons i would have said at least twice all it takes is one for people to be like "Mm." oh i'm 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 saying like This is like a simulated season. Exactly. Yeah, if you simulated it five times. That's how I'm going to start talking about it because it's... Yeah, you're right. Once somebody has seen you play the game once, it's hard to play it the same way again. (laughs) So he does not come back. That's sad. It is sad. And also if Boston Rob didn't exist, he probably would have. Because he would have been the Boston Rob slot in All-Stars. You're not wrong. So he does do a quarantine questionnaire, Mm. a lot of which I can't talk about because it's spoiler for not only this season, but for future seasons. Gotcha. So I'm just going to like highlight a couple of things here. By the time season four came along, the viewers got a taste of Richard and Brandon. I occupied a different space and I don't think that space had been occupied since. I cannot think of another season that was led the way I did it in season four. Younger viewers are now watching the old school seasons and I get messages or mail almost weekly. I think it's only now that my game is being seen through the eyes of fans that don't give a rat's ass whether I was gay or not. Mm, That's fair. Yeah. And so interesting that at the time, him getting thrown under the bus and being outed, and he he does talk about how he was outed on television. And Mm. so... I didn't appreciate how much that was an outing versus just asking somebody, partially mm-hmm. because in 2023, if you're if you're out, you're out. Yeah. Like in the day of social media, like if you're publicly out, it doesn't, saying it on national te- television isn't any different than looking on Facebook. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's a very different set of circumstances, and that's hard. Yeah, I was a gay man leading a tribe to 15 days of victory in 2002, and until I was outed during the show, many of the fans did not know I was gay. I brought a different perspective. That's interesting. Yeah. There's one more part that I wanted to throw out here. I gotta find it. Because I can't look on my goddamn computer. Oh, yes. Something that will blow fans' minds about what happened in your season but never made it to TV. So, Jeff had to threaten everyone because of John. What? So, one point, Jeff had to come in and say, Alright, guys, we are going to be shut down and canceled by the French government if you guys don't stop pooping in the ocean. <laughs> so they were told, you cannot poop in the ocean. You have to dig a hole, poop in it, and then bury it. And oh apparently God. John was like, you know what? I'm just going to poop in the ocean. And he did. And he says he would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for Tammy Tattletail Lightner. That told Jeff I was aqua dumping in the Pacific Ocean. Okay, I love the phrase aqua dumping. (laughs) That's great. There are so many different ways to say pooping in the ocean in this quarantine questionnaire. Wow. I cannot list them all, but it's beautiful. Ugh. That's awesome. And like takes multiple shots at Tammy Telltale Lightner. He does not like Tammy. (laughs) Interesting. So I just wanted that pointed out that he almost got the show canceled. Not really, but he almost got the show canceled by pooping in the ocean. And almost got probably kicked. They probably would have kicked him off the show before they before the French government canceled them. They, he was been like, "No, we know who it was." Imagine that being a reason somebody got kicked off the show I mean, because they wouldn't stop pooping in the ocean. There's no reason that the French government would know that he's pooping in the ocean. Like it was wholly on just like Jeff trying to calm it down and oh yeah that's true like yes it's something that they're not supposed to do but who they don't have a a french government official sitting on off in a a raft being like are you pooping Uh i see a turd get off of my island (laughs) it's not his island (laughs) no but they colonized it they did cool anything else you want to talk about oh who's your protagonist of the episode Oh, yeah. Uh, It is Sean. I mean, it has to be, right? As it should be. Yeah. Sean flipped the entire game around. He just made the next three episodes worth watching. (laughs) And we see that in the next time on. Like, Tammy and Zoe are about to go at it. Mm -hmm. They're about to become enemies. Mm -hmm. And this temporary alliance is just that, temporary. Pascal and Sean, I do not believe, are going to stay aligned for any longer than this. So the next vote becomes very interesting. Because you have, I'm assuming Vesepia and Sean will stay together. Mm-hmm. Kathy's a wild card. Pascal and Aaliyah are wild cards. And now you have this grouping of three that is a wild card. It's crazy how much more interesting a season is when you can't just break it down into two voting blocks. When Yeah, when I can't literally list the boot order from the merge to the end yeah. like I did in Australia. Pretty much. And Rob said it best. Every vote is an individual vote. It sure is. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. I hope Sean comes back for All-Stars. We'll find out. We'll find out. Let us bumper.
that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. As we get our way through the individual portion of this season, we have so many more things coming up. We have season five, season six, All Stars is coming up. That's true. There's a lot going on. Isn't All Stars season nine? Season eight or seven. Damn it. Don't put me on record again. We got it wrong last time. I am wrong most of the time. I want. I think it's seven. Survivor. I thought seven's what you thought it was, and it's nine. No, I said it was five, and it wasn't oh. five. It's season eight. No, I was right the first time it came okay. out of my mouth. All stars is season eight, but there's still some some time to gain some more big players in this. So let us get to that, and let us be happy. Anything you'd like to promote, Jared? I would like to promote drinking water. Oh, good. Drink more water. We, we should all drink more water. Yeah. You're basically a houseplant with more complicated emotions. Get sun, drink water. It was gorgeous out here in Chicago today. It was so nice. It's the fool's spring, Stephen. Well, I, I'm aware. I have gone through many a track season in high school where there is snow on the ground. So, <laughs> I get it. But just to have a nice day. It felt like 50s. It's not. It wasn't 50s. It was like mid-40s. But still... For, for anyone not in the Midwest, upper Midwest, is like... Steven, stop. We're in the seventh layer of podcasting hell. <laughs> We're talking about the weather again. Yeah. Okay, fair. <laughs> I'm going to stop. What do you want to promote? I want to promote the Super Bowl. It's already happened, so... Who do you, who do you think is going to win? I think... I mean, I would like for both of them to lose. but That's I, not possible. I think that Philly is... A very good team. I agree. And they're going to win this. I agree. And going into the season, I do not think Philly was going to be that good. I don't know why we we get to this point where, yes, skill players are important. But having a top-tier offensive line lets you do so much more than having the top skill players. When their defense is good. But also, they have don't pretend like their skill players aren't good. No, no, their skill players are good. AJ Brown is amazing. AJ Brown is great. Uh, Hertz is having a great season. Uh, who's their secondary wide receiver? I draft him every year and then trade him every year. The last two years. I don't remember. Whatever. They have a good second-year wide receiver. No, their skill positions are also very good. Jalen Rager. <laughs> no, no, he's a Viking. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think the I think that Philly wins. So, grease up your light poles. I agree. I think Philly wins. It's, it's gonna happen. But then again, we keep thinking that Patrick Mahomes won't be able to do it, and then he just does, so... It's the MVP curse. Yeah. Wait, who's wearing white this year? I don't know. I think it's Kansas City. I don't remember how many years straight, but most of the last 10 years, it's the team that wears white has won the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah. So, we have our prediction versus the team in white. So, someone's going to win. That is how the game works. Yes. That is how the game works. But we all know that in the end, Rihanna is the only winner. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. For my co-host... Jared, this is Steven. Bye-bye. Under my umbrella. Ella, Ella. Hey. 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 Hey.